Help, I got a Mac podcast episode number 102. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biding. And we're here each and every week with our podcast devoted to the Mac Switcher and also those of us who are addicted to the iPhone. Today's show, we've got a lot of things to cover. We're going to talk about why every geek's parent should own a Mac, software that you must have if you have a magic mouse. We're going to give a suggestion of a great battery extender for your iPhone, two broken promises from Apple and AT&T, a big event that might happen in January, and I think we're even going to take one listener call. Okay. All of that off the top of our heads. Chris, how's it going, man? It's good, man. I got uh, my niece and nephew in, in, uh, in the house today. They're, uh, they're downstairs playing Xbox, so... Oh, that'll keep them occupied for at least four or five minutes. So that's good. Yeah, exactly. We'll yeah, their attention, to- their their attention spans are really, really short. So, hey, what'd you get for Christmas, man? Any kind of <clears> new technology? I did. I got a uh, Wacom um, Bamboo Pen and Touch uh, trackpad thing. Nice. Yeah, and what, it's what, pretty. What's that help you do? Uh, some of the uh, video work I do involves drawing. So now I've moved from pencil over into uh, the tablet. Nice. Yeah, Very cool. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Awesome stuff. And uh, Monday I start work with uh, Ample. Oh, so you did get, you actually did, you did that. I did it. Well, let, let's talk about that for just a minute. I, we, we'll, for those of you who are just tuning in, I promise all those things we mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're going to cover every bit of them, but I'm interested in hearing this. L- let's just give a little backstory here. Chris, you, you got laid off from a certain place here not too long ago. Well, actually, maybe it was long ago. Share, I, yeah, I, I got laid off from sharethis.com, uh, a startup, uh, at the end of March. And uh, they moved everything pretty much over to California. There's a handful of people in Cincinnati, but none of it in the group that I was in. Uh, so, yeah, I've been uh, kind of without a job, a steady job, uh, since the beginning of uh, April. And I've been doing a lot of freelancing, working for myself, which has been great. Um, I actually been doing a lot of work with Share This too, and um, I did some work with a, a boutique ad agency in town called Ample um, earlier this year, and I've done you know some work for them with uh, like iPhone app type stuff and things like that. And uh, the opportunities come up that um, I'm going to be doing some contract work for them in the beginning, but uh, looks like we we might be uh, working together as a employee employer employer relationship uh, probably in the next month or so. Very cool. And you're excited about that, right? I am. They're actually going to handle the business end of my uh, screencast stuff. So um, I, I don't have to worry on, on getting work. I can just uh, worry on the creative process, which is really ultimately what I want to do. Excellent. Well, as long as you find what makes you happy and, and makes you, um, you know, get, gets you the stuff you want to do with your life. So that, that's important. And I'm glad to hear that that's worked out for you. Yeah, I'm going to be working on a bunch of, a bunch of cool stuff, including uh, a possible... Uh, Tablet software, uh, iPhone software, um, software as a service type stuff. It's all, all across the board. It's going to be very cool. I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, you say tablet software. Any particular brand of tablet maybe? Not yet. <laughs> uh, I guess we'll find out at the secret event on the 26th. All right. If, well, 
if the rumors are true. If the rumors are true. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But uh, I'd like I got a little uh, outline here of where we want to start with things. Um, first of all, I just want to share a personal story of why every geek's parents should own a Mac. Uh, okay. You guys, most people know this by now. Uh, it might be new to some folks, but before I did podcasting full-time, I used to work in a family-run insurance agency. Uh, that insurance agency was owned by my parents, and they still own that agency, and they still have Windows computers in their office. All right? Not mm-hmm. only not only does my mom and my dad and my sister all three work in this office, but they're all pretty much computer illiterate. Uh, and they're all running PCs, and definitely they were the... Um, very, you know, the the smallest PC, you know, you can get the the least expensive PC you can get, and they were all purchased new about four, five, six years ago. So it gives you an idea of the type of systems they're running in their office, which is not a big deal. Why would why would I have even as an employee allowed them to buy those computers? Well, the only thing they really use them for is remote desktop because they remote remote desktop into. Uh, a server down in Dallas, Texas, which is how they interface with all the companies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so they didn't need very much. Well, the thing is, though, is that they are doing a lot of local browsing. They find that you know when you connect via remote desktop over DSL, sharing that DSL connection with you know several other people in the office, and then relying on the internet access of all the other people who are remote desktoped into that server in Dallas, Texas, they find that the, you know, browsing the web's a little bit slower via remote desktop. You get me? Oh, yeah, yeah. So what do they all do? They all browse locally using this goofy thing called Internet Explorer. And do they stay on the business-related <clears throat> sites, you know, the, the ones to interface with the company and, and, you know, trusted, reliable sources of information on the web? Do you think I'm guessing stay- no. Exactly. And guess what happens when a, a pop-up comes on the screen that looks very, very official. And it says, hey, there's a new version of Internet Explorer. Would you like to install it? Click here. You know, and, and, it's, and it's funny. It says, you know, um, it, it says click cancel if, if, yeah, if you do want to install it and click OK if you would rather not. And it literally says that on the text. It says if you would if you'd like to skip this and not do it now, click OK. And it and it says if you would like to install this, click cancel. And it was worded in such a way that, you know, cancel the request for, you know, the website to pull up that you were looking at and install right now. So what do they all do? Without reading the pop-up, they click cancel. And guess what this does? It downloads or it opens up an ActiveX script downloads a Trojan horse virus to their computer, and then guess what they do? They contact their son, Cliff Ravenscraft. Ugh. (laughs) And, well, you know, with my business being what it is today, I've just not had the time to go up there. So um, my sister has had a Trojan horse on her computer. Uh, Now my dad has a Trojan horse on his computer. I don't know if it's going to spread through their network or not, but... Uh, it, it's just crazy. They're out there. They're browsing these coupon sites. You know, they're looking for coupons and they're looking, oh, yeah. they're looking for, you know, uh, tickets to shows. And it's like, this is, you don't do that in Internet Explorer on a PC. You yeah, know, you no. just don't do that. And um, I agree. 
So my, <clears throat> my sister says, can you come and help? I says, listen, I don't have six to ten hours to spare right now. Six to ten hours? I'm like, yeah. Uh, and that's only, you know, that's if I do a clean install and reconfigure everything for your system. Because I'd have to wipe out Windows. I'd have to completely reinstall Windows on an old machine. Uh, and find drivers for the sound card and, you know, all that stuff. And then I'd have to reinstall all their local software that they do still use and set up their network configurations. I mean, just so much stuff that goes involved. And here's the problem I have. You know, as, you know, as, a, as, as a family member, I want to go in and help them out. Right, right. right now, I don't have the six hours to do it. But I'm eventually I'm going to end up doing it, you know, one day this week or this weekend uh, in between my non-existent free time. But here's the issue. I'd like to just go up there and say, listen, you want my help? You get a Mac. Everybody in this office gets the baseline. The what is that? A 24 inch iMac. <clears throat> yeah. All right. That you want my support. This is what you got to do. <laughs> here's the question, though. You know, they, I think almost everything they do now is web-based. I I, right. I don't believe they have any software that is required to run locally. So, and, and then they remote desktop into Dallas, Texas. Now, this remote desktop software that they have is, you know, or, well, basically, they just use Windows Remote Desktop to get in. That it, 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 That's all they're using to get into to Dallas, Texas server. So the question I have, Chris, is they have a special driver that's installed and, and it's got options in the control panel called this uh, simplified printing client, which allows mm-hmm. them to connect the server printers with the local printer so that when you print in remote desktop, it will print the right way in the local. Do you think I would be able to um, use, if if I was able to get them into Mac, do you think I'd be able to find some good remote desktop software that would work for that? Uh, Microsoft themselves have remote desktop software for, um, for Windows. For you mean for Mac? Yes, but to connect into a Windows machine. Nice. And you go to micro, Microsoft.com/slash. I think it's Mac. Okay. Well, anyway, th- my th- this is it. This is the last straw. By the way, this is the second Trojan horse within twelve months for my sister. Jeez. Yeah, it's 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 beyond ridiculous, and I'm I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell them. Say, listen, I'll 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 handle it this time. I'll get you back up and running. But here here's the thing. From this point forward, if you want any tech support from me, you're going to have to own a Mac. <laughs> That's funny. You're going to have to own a Mac. I will not support technology in this business anymore. If you have a Windows based system. Nice. So, way to, way to lay down the law, Cliff. I mean, I I just don't have the time, you know. I understand. I, I understand. I just don't have the time. So basically, I'm gonna. I see that you put a link to uh, the remote desktop software. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna take that and put that in my little show notes here, so that I can, uh, so I can follow up on that later. All right. So anyway, uh, let's move on to the two broken promises of AT and T and Apple. What's what's this all about? Yeah, uh, Apple made a promise a few months ago that, quote, Apple will support Microsoft Windows 7 with Boot Camp and Mac OS X Snow Leopard before the end of the year. This support will require a software update to Boot Camp. And uh, Windows 7's been out for a few months now. 
and we don't see any update in sight. Today's the last day of the year. Apple is a liar. Okay, Apple is a liar. All right, so t- tell me what this is. What are they not supporting? Um, they don't have official drivers for Windows 7 and Boot Camp yet. You can still install it, and it's using the um, Vista drivers, but there's still some quirky issues with sound and things like that. Okay, so, so Windows 7 users, you're out of luck if you're using Boot Camp if you want everything to work the way it's supposed to work out of the box. Mm-hmm. All right. The bigger deadline and broken promise is from AT&T, though, that said tethering would be available for the iPhone in 2009. Despite being available all around the world and on other smartphones on the AT&T network, tethering remains unavailable for iPhone users in the U.S. unless you've stayed behind on firmware or have taken the jailbroken route. So, And Rogers and Fido customers in Canada have been enjoying free tethering until 2010. Um Free is the price I think that it should out co- it should it should cost. Right. But uh you know, AT&T charges another $30 on top of your existing $30 for BlackBerry tethering. They'll probably try to eke out money from iPhone users too. So that's another broken promise we haven't seen that yet, so Right. Yeah. It's a bummer. Well, AT&T and Apple get lumps of coal in their stockings this year. Now, do you remember that help.benm.at uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that that's where if you if you go if you use the Safari browser on your computer or on your iPhone and you go to it would be um help dot ben b e n the letter M is in Mary dot a t. There is a way that you can install a certain thing a, a certain um, provision on your phone that allows you to do tethering. Now one of the things that Apple had done is with one of the firmware updates, they uh, they did something to where if you had that installed, you would no longer be able to get the the delivery of any voicemails. The the voicemail notifications would not push to your phone, and visual voicemail would not no longer function. So, uh, but my my understanding is that you could still install that, and I know the tethering was still working when I removed that that provision uh, file that I had downloaded there. So, in my opinion, I still have access to tethering for yeah. free, all, but I just I don't have access to visual voicemail and tethering at the same time. So here's here's what I'm thinking. You know, I go on vacation. I'm away from you know the the service that you know I don't have any access to the internet except for what's on my iPhone. So mm-hmm. why don't you know I'm on vacation? Why do I need voicemail right now? I'll just check it all when I get back. So go ahead and go to help.benm.at, install the provision. Get the tethering that they have failed to deliver on. Uh, browse the web as much as I want, and then when I'm done using the tethering, just go into the uh, network settings and delete that provision. Yeah, I guess that, I guess that would seems like that would work. It's I think it's crummy that they expect you to pay for two, you know, two two bills. I'm ar- I'm already paying for the internet. I should have to pay for more internet. You know what I mean? I don't think you here's the deal. This is what I think. I believe that if they give if if AT&T gives anybody else access for free for tethering, then it should be free. But if they if it's a part of their business model to get to to uh charge for the ability to access data on your computer, then yes, I think they should charge. I think it's crummy to charge though. That's what I, I'm saying. I don't, Regardless. I don't. I do. Okay. Well, let, I'm already paying. I'm already. I'm already paying for this pipe. I shouldn't have to pay for this pipe anymore. All right. So I'm gonna. I'm going to play the other side of the argument here, 
and you and I don't have to agree. And I think that people actually like it when when both sides are represented. Uh, so here here's what I think. You know, if I'm AT and T and I'm a company and I make money, but you know, and and I want to be I, number one, I want to be profitable so I can continue to grow and expand. And they're already being profitable. Uh, exactly. But I want to remain profitable. Uh, and here's the deal: I'm you're paying for network. Um, you're you're paying for internet access on your iPhone, which mm-hmm. is, in my opinion, your your average usage is going to be. Uh, relative to downloading some apps over the network, maybe streaming some internet radio, possibly, um, you know, th- now they're even, a, I, I'm, I'm extremely excited about the fact that they're allowing us to broadcast live video with Quick and, and Ustream and all this other stuff that they never allowed before. But, but even still, that's kind of low usage. But man, as soon as you start hooking me up to the laptop, I'm telling you, I'm doing all kinds of intensive stuff. And there, there, I, I believe that if, if there was free tethering uh, and unlimited bandwidth on your, on your system, there'd be people who'd be willing to cancel their cable access or DSL and just, mm-hmm. and just deal with their tethering on their phone. And, dude, that is definitely going to take down that network. Tough. <laughs> See, I, I, I totally I, disagree. I, I, I want the, if they're going to give people that access... I want them to have the money to continue to support that access. Well, that's the problem, Cliff. They've get they're getting money from all this. They're not they're not building up their infrastructure now as it is. I think they are, dude. Not as much as they should. Go back thirty episodes ago and listen to me. You know, beat on AT and T for you know you know losing seven out of ten calls, dropped calls in Cincinnati. Do you know how many calls I've dropped in the last three months? Zero. None, nada. Yeah, they've beefed the, up here. See, I, I, someone, some wireless provider is going to have to come out and say, uh, "You pay for one internet, you know, why are you paying for two? And those are the people that will ultimately get everybody's business, especially if they have decent phones. Um, who, who, who has that? Who has Cincinnati, that? Cincinnati Bell in town has it. Okay, so Cincinnati Bell, this local provider, has this. And what, co- they, what they've co- been named the best network in the country, in the country, in mm-hmm. so Cincinnati. So, and what cool phones do they have? They have Blackberries, <laughs> <laughs> but they're getting Android phones next year. So, I, I think okay, everybody's gonna now, step up. There you go. See, now you you give them a Google phone, you know, a Google phone that that can compete with iPhone. Then I think okay, that's great. Then let's all move over there. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, I I, I don't know. I, I'm still. You know, I, I think I think it's a company's prerogative to decide what they do charge for and what they don't charge for. And it's up to us as the consumer to decide whether or not that's something that we want to pay for or decide to go somewhere else for that type of service. But I don't think we I don't think, you know, I don't think that it's it's unfair or unreasonable to say that their business their business model is any worse than somebody else's. I, if anything, I think that, you know, you have these other people out there that are offering it. I think it's great. Look at all the unlimited plans now for 50 bucks. You know, I'm Oh yeah. When's that going, you know, that's eventually going to break into the AT&T model. You know, it, I mean, right that's now the thing. it takes it takes one wireless provider to do what I think is right and they'll eventually all all fall, you know. Right. Well, unless yeah. unless they're arrogant because they've got the iPhone. Well, and then the question is how long are they going to be exclusive to the iPhone? That's 
Good point. Yeah. And when they, I think when they lose the exclusivity of the iPhone, then we'll start seeing some things happen. And and I would imagine that's going to happen relatively soon. It can't be forever that that Apple stays tied to AT and T. Yeah. So I, I can't. I can't say any more than than what I'm, than what I'm about to say. Uh, I can't give details on how I got uh, how how I got to to use this or look at it or play with it, uh, but just that I did. It was incredible. Um, I got the I got to use the the Nexus One recently. Okay, and the, what? the new that's the new Google phone. Okay, that's not good. Out. Yep. Um, I got to use it for a little bit of time. Made it you know make a phone call on it. Uh, move around the system. Hold it in my hand. This, that, and the other. Hardware-wise, Cliff, blows away the iPhone. Good. Crushes it. Destroys it. It made my phone look old, antiquated, clunky. Uh, uh, it didn't make it look like a, a futuristic product anymore. It, it made it look aged. That is awesome. So, uh, yeah, I'm just saying that, you know, if, if Apple... Um, I don't know. If Apple decides to rest on our laurels... Um, I think ultimately Android's going to eat their lunch, I especially think so. if especially if HTC is making phones of this caliber. Right. Here, here's here's my thought. I don't think it's going to make. I don't. I don't think it's going to make Apple. Or it's going to eat Apple's lunch. But I think what is going to happen is it's going to finally bring some co- some competition for app that's going to put you know fire uh, Apple to the fire. They're going to finally have to innovate. And not innovate, but innovate on the things that they already have. They're holding back. And this has been my theory forever, that they've been holding back. They, they've got so many things, so many features, so much functionality that they can either, number one, just turn on with the flip of a switch, or number two, that they've purposely left out of building into the existing iPhones that we've had because, well, there's no reason to give them everything right now because if we give them everything... And there's no competition. You know, if if we just give them what we've given them, they're going to be excited about it. But if we yeah. give them everything, and then all of a sudden we get competition in this field, and then we've already given them everything, they're kind of bored with it. Then all of a sudden it's like, then we, we seem old and antiquated. So that's why I'm seeing, we see all these Google phones coming out and, and all this other stuff, and they are amazing. They are looking really good. Um and so I think that now that we've seen some real competition come out, I think that the you know in June we're going to see an iPhone finally have the front-forward camera with iChat and uh, some um, some other amazing functionality that, to be honest with you, could have been there with either the first or second gen. Mm-hmm. I, I really hope so because I am when I held that phone in my hand, I got excited because I know that in June or July, uh, when it's time for me to be able to upgrade to a new handset, I'm going to have some great choices. I'm going to have, you know, this amazing stuff coming from the Android side. And then we all know that Apple's going to respond to this with something that's mind blowing. So if any, yeah, if anything, it made me excited as a, as a possible user of both of these technologies in the future. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm, I'm excited about what's going to happen on that front. If you guys are in the chat room, I see that you guys are posting some questions and some thoughts in there. If you want the phone number to call in live is up top and I'd be happy to take a phone call or two. Um, so let's go on to some software that you must have for your magic mouse that I saw in the forum. Um, Steven Cross had posted, he says, I know it's popular to diss the magic mouse, but I like it. Uh, it just became much more powerful with a better touch tool. 
an Apple, uh, an Apple application that allows you to define many more gestures. Uh, and he's basically, he says, I learned about this from uh, Paul Bogue's blog. Uh, there's a short video there and he put a link to it. And of course, I'll put a link to this all in the show notes. But I looked at the video and it is really amazing. There, like you can actually set it to do tons of stuff like one finger tap, two finger tap, three finger taps. Uh, you can set up like, you know, shift tap, shift two finger tap. I mean, all kinds of gestures and you can actually program things globally or you can actually program specific features that those things will, those gestures will do within certain applications. That's cool. Yeah, it's, I, I don't have that mouse. Now that I have that uh, Wacom tablet, it's got gestures in it built in, but yeah, it seems like a pretty, pretty cool mouse. To me, it seems a little low. I don't know if it caused my hand to cramp or not. I don't know. It's funny. Um, I'm sitting here. I still use, I've got a little, um, is it Bluetooth? I think it's Bluetooth. Yeah, it's a Bluetooth um, Microsoft mouse that I, th- I think I pay 20 bucks for, or maybe 10 bucks for or something like that over at Best Buy. It's a little wireless one. It's got the little USB thing that if you wanted to, you could actually plug the USB inside the mouse itself. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, so that's what I'm still using. Although I do have a, is it a Mighty Mouse, the one, the, the Bluetooth mouse before the uh, Magic Mouse? Is that the Mighty Mouse? Yeah, I mm-hmm. do have one of those for my Mac Mini to control the Ustream and stuff like that, and I I really like the uh, the Mighty Mouse to be honest with you. I don't know how many I don't know how many bad things I've heard about it, but I, the I ball like sometimes it. ceases to work. Really, I've not had that issue. Yeah, but I'm glad I haven't had that issue. <laughs> All right, so very cool. Um, let's see here. Oh, you know what? I should actually turn the ringer on the phone on just in. Just in case somebody does try to call in, I apologize. If you, if anybody did try to call in with a question while I was just sharing that story, uh, I did not hear the phone ring, so I apologize. All right, uh, moving on. Um, big event happening in January. What do you know about this? Uh, I just know what the the rumor mills are saying that the Apple's got a big event on the twenty sixth, and it's going to be mo- not mobile, but mobilized technologies. You know, things that you can carry around. Um, it's Obviously, um, speculated that the uh, the new uh, tablet or whatever it's going to be is going to make an appearance. Possibly, maybe even some iPhone announcements. Uh, we've also heard rumors that that uh, the uh, ninety nine dollars iPhone three G is going to go away to be replaced with a eight gig ninety nine dollars three GS. Nice. So, take that with a grain of salt. We'll probably see an update to the iPhone. A big, you know, a, a redo update. You know, later in later in the year. I mean, I, I, I would be shocked if they came out with a new iPhone in January, but they could to, um, to shut up the, uh, the Nexus one comments. Well, they could, yeah, they could bring it out in January. I think more than likely though, they'll, the, if anything, they'll probably bring out the tablet and, mm-hmm. and they'll probably announce some new stuff maybe for the iPhone in June. Yeah. I mean, they may, <clears throat> maybe they'll show off, uh, you know, iPhone 4.0 software or something. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it would be a smart business decision for Apple to release anything on uh, release a new iPhone before June because they've been doing it every year, which allows people to you know every two years when their contract is up or you know to to move. Yeah, you, yeah, you skip in. every other phone. Yeah. Yep. Which I think moving from a, a I think. The move from from 3G to 3GS isn't going to be as big as the move from 3GS to whatever's going to come out next. Right. 
And whatever comes out next, whether, you know, it's going to, I'm going to be moving from a 3G to whatever comes out next or, mm -hmm. or a Google phone. Um, and I haven't, I, it, I, it's weird for me to say that. I can't imagine me leaving the iPhone. But then again, you know, by the time June comes around, the, those applications that I would love to have m w should be available. Mm -hmm. I mean, with six more months, I would imagine that a lot can be done in that space in the Google. And I imagine that since you don't have to go through an approval process, the, that, that app store is going to build a whole lot faster. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and the question it becomes, you know, well, you know, there's no, there's no quality control on blah, 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 blah. It's like, who cares about that? Look at all the, look at all the websites out there that rank Apple iPhone applications with user feedback. You know, this isn't like the days of, you know, the Palm, you know, and, and the Palm OS where you relied on maybe one or two sources to give you information. Now there are literally going to be fan sites, uh, great customer reviews, and it's not just the person who puts the website that tells you about these apps and stands to make money by selling you these apps. Uh, instead, you're going to have user-generated comments with literally tens of thousands of people who are leaving feedback and rating these things. So you'll know uh, the uh, the cream of the crop will rise to the top. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I, I think I think Google may be an option for me in June. And you know what? Uh, Google on a service where I can get unlimited for fifty bucks a month may even be more appealing. Right now I pay $200 a month for myself and Stephanie to have an iPhone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Two and I think I think on T-Mobile it would be a lot a lot cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think to be able to use what we do now on another network if we had a smartphone, uh it would cost us maybe 130 140. So, you know, 60 bucks a month cheaper is a big deal. mm Mhm. Definitely. Very cool. All right. So let's see here. Big event, January 26th. So we'll learn more, I guess, as the day approaches. And, and at least once that day happens, we'll be able to report on what happens then. Mm -hmm. All right. Very cool. Um, there, another thing I found in the forum was a discussion of battery chargers. Uh, people were talking about, do you, does anybody have any experience with these, you know, these little battery extenders, a little case that you plug in? your iPhone into and it kind of doubles the life of your battery or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I know that uh, Stephen Cross in our chat room, he uses something. I don't know if he uses the Mophie or one of the other ones, but I, I believe he's he's mentioned that he's had good luck with that. Have you had any luck with these things? I've not used any of them. Okay. I have not either. Uh, I will tell you what, though. Um, I am totally addicted to Zynga Poker. As it is a lifesaver when you're at like I don't know the in-laws or something, uh, mm -hmm. and you you're kind of just bored silly. Um, but there have been times where that, that thing will just run your battery down. Yeah, uh, and uh, that's kind of frustrating to you know be three hours in and then boom you know we're gonna be here for another four hours and now my phone's dead. And uh, Cherica says she's gonna tell Stephanie on me. She, Stephanie knows. She she says I, Stephanie's actually kind of glad because it makes it, you know I'm much more bearable around boring events. Uh, <laughs> it. Anyway, Eric Fisher I believe uh, sent a link to something called PowerStick. P O W E R. Well, PowerStick.com. I don't need to spell it out for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Go to PowerStick.com. It's fifty bucks, 
and it it's no bigger than it doesn't appear to be any bigger than um, one of the older thumb drives. So if you can right. imagine carrying around a thumb drive in your pocket. Um, now the thing is though is it does require an adapter. You know, it comes with adapters. By the way, it says actually here. Um, it, it comes, every, every power stick comes with, I can't remember, but, uh, like, uh, like four or five or six adapters may actually no one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So every power stick comes with nine adapters. And one of them, of course, is for the iPhone. And, uh, you just stick this thing in your USB drive and it charges and it's, and it becomes like an extra battery battery. And so then you can just plug this in and have some extra battery life. I don't know how much extra it is, but, uh, you know, when you're dead and you want to still use your iPhone, any extra uh, energy is good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he says it works great for the iPod. Any other cell phone needing to charge, it can be charged by USB and then taken with you as lightweight. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and he says and it is lightweight, but no, no understanding of how much extra time it gives you. Anyway, anything else? Let's see here. Show notes, um, big event. Oh, and we have one piece of audio feedback. So let's go ahead and play Jason's question here about, I believe, his white MacBook. Hey, guys. This is Jason from Dallas calling for Help I Got a Mac podcast. And the reason I was calling, and it has to do with my MacBook. I have the white plastic MacBook, not the newest one, but the one before that. Um, the newest one is awesome because it took on that unibody format. And so the reason that's awesome is because of the issue that I have with the previous model. And I don't know if anyone else out there has dealt with this with their classic white MacBook, but on the right-hand corner of the bottom of the where the keypad is in the corner, it's cracked there. And I'm telling you guys, I got the extended warranty, and I'm glad because I'm going to go in and bring it into them. It'd be on my fifth, yes, fifth keypad due to that cracking. And uh, I think that's ridiculous that over a period of only two years, I'm going to be on my fifth keyboard on my laptop due to this cracking. And, you know, when it comes down to wanting to, to possibly sell that in the future, you know, that's an issue because people care not just about how your computer is running, but how it looks as well. And uh, I think it's personally, I think it's a, it's a defect that they haven't called a defect. You know, just like if your, your car, you know, they, they have a recall when something isn't working so they can fix it. Obviously, they're not going to recall all these MacBooks. But I think it's ridiculous. I'm at the point where I want to actually call them and say, hey, guys, you know, what's going on with this? This is the fifth time I've had to bring this in, you know, in only two years I have this replaced. So uh, I just want to know what you guys' thoughts were on that. And, uh, you know, if, if at all, if, if I could possibly contact Apple or, or, you know, have them, you know, do something where they can, you know, get this taken care of so it doesn't happen again. Uh, it. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right. Chris, what are your thoughts, man? It wouldn't hurt to contact him. Um, I've seen this happen before, too. Uh, you know, it's been replaced multiple times. I, I, it wouldn't hurt, you know, to try to move up the chain and see what happens. Right here, here, here. Are my think here's my thinking on this. Uh, first of all, what other computer can you buy in the world? And I'm serious. I challenge anybody to call me. What other computer in the world can you buy that after two years of owning and using your laptop can you turn around and resell it 
at a decent cost, you know, and, and still sell it at a, at a at a pretty reasonable price tag. You know, not many. All right. What other laptop manufacturer in the world gives you a warranty like Apple, where if you pay for the warranty and you go and you have a crack and you have five times you need to have your keypad, your entire top cover of your keypad and keyboard and everything, the entire, it's called the top shelf. What other keyboard man, or what other um, manufacturer out there, laptop manufacturer out there, will replace it five times without mm-hmm. giving you any problem at all? What other manufacturer out there will allow you to just make an appointment, come into the store, and within 24 hours have that laptop back in your hands? So, yeah, it's frustrating. And, and when I, I, by the way, I have the same exact uh, white MacBook that uh, Jason has. I recently went in to have something else looked at. Um, I had them replace a battery. I had a swelling battery. Uh, so, yeah. so I went in and they said, yep, you definitely got swelling there. Did it get wet? And I'm like, no, it's been inside all the time. He says, well, it's probably got some moisture in it somehow. So, but anyway, we'll go, we'll go ahead and swap it out. You got Apple Care. And by the way, I see you got some cracking here on your top shelf. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's been there for a while. He goes, well, you know, that's that's actually a known defect. And that's actually the words he used. He says, we'll, we'll replace that for you. It, you might as well. We'll just need, you know, and of course, I was the I scheduled myself for the last appointment of the evening. He says, if you want, you can just leave it here tonight and we'll, you can pick it up tomorrow. And we'll have a new one on here for you. And I'm like, seriously? He's like, yeah. What other place can you go? What other what other computer manufacturer can you go and get that kind of service? Yeah, I agree. So, and you know, you the Apple Care in my opinion is totally worth it when you buy an Apple product and I and I love my white MacBook. It you know, here it is. I've had it now for 2 years and it it is still powerful. I am still using it for all the things I used it before then. It is not any slower than it was when I bought it two years ago. Mm-hmm. It is amazing, my friends. So I love my MacBook. I think everybody out there should switch to Mac and uh, never bother your children again with Trojan horse viruses. <laughs> That's funny. All right, Chris, thank you very much. Have a happy new year, my friend. Hey, you too, man. Let's hope 2010 is even better than uh, 2009. Everybody have a prosperous, happy, healthy new year. And for those of you guys who are struggling out there, um, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with you and that things will turn around for you as well. Many blessings. God bless. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. See you.